dad and to the rest of the family granddad. Hello there, this is your granddad speaking. Now pin back your lug holes and listen to me. I'm going to tell you the story of my young years to the end of 1914-19 war, as far as I can remember. But not all of my life, I can't, I haven't a stand there for that. I was born on the 17th of November 1898, so I'm told. I can't remember myself. My mother's name was Sophia. My father's name was Walter. My father died in 1904, so I don't remember much about him. My mother was a very, very sweet person, and very much like my daughter Mary, who is of you all know. My mother had a delicatessen shop and did that very well with it until about 1910. That was the year that the channel was flown by, from France to England but for the first time. I remember that it called a big sensation at the time. The mother, my mother was taken ill with cancer and died at my grandfather's farm in Suffolk. Well, there was us, our children, living left my sisters Blanche and Grace. From my brother Dolph and me. Dolph died of tuberculosis in 1921. Grace died in 1928 in Birmingham. Blanche is going strong in Yorkshire and she's now about 90 years old. I was on my grandfather's farm. Left, I left school and worked on the farm. I was 12 or 13 years old then. Found the fields, milking the cows, leading an ordinary farm life. Then in 1914, I joined up, joined the army. I was then not quite 16. I joined the army in Ipswich, the Sixth Cyclist Battalion. We were sent to the coast of Suffolk to watch for enemy raiders and submarines that we saw among. Then in 1919, 1916, I was sent to 25th London, Southwest Battalion, and remember, and remained in it for the rest of the war. I was sent to this battalion because I had a, I was a dead hand at shooting. Well, the cockneys knew, hardly knew which end the bullets came from. <coughs> I had to show them how to do it. The reason I was good at shooting was that on the farm, <coughs> part of my job was to keep down the vermin on the farm. These being such things as foxes, which killed the hens, and rooks, crows, and jays, which stole the hen's eggs. After joining the 25th London, we were sent to some place in Scotland for training. I remember the name of the place. I can't remember the name of the place, but we could see the fort bridge from it. After about two months, we were on our way overseas, leaving our bikes behind. We came 
part of the later famous 29th Division. Well, there we were about aboard this ship, not knowing where we were going. So I remember that it was the SS Devonshire. Eventually we woke up in the, one morning to find the ship in the very middle of nowhere. Around appeared to be the whole of the British Navy. Battleships, cruisers, warships of all sizes and dozens of transports without end. But no land in sight. We stuck there for about ten days, then sailed off. Indeed, a mighty sight. Soon we saw a very high cliffs on the horizon. Next day, we, we had we loaded into small boats, about fifty in each boat. We all thought it was a quite a nice change until we got about two hundred and fifty yards from the shore when all hell broke out. Sitting ducks we were, for the enemy, squatting on the top of the cliffs. But we could see no one. Of the 50 hours in the boat that I was in, only eight got out. Those... We got up the beach, and the others were either badly wounded, Dead. There was no retreat. The boats were no longer boats, but would have made good suits. Once we got to the bottom of the cliff, we were quite safe. That was my cat, cat baptism of fire. The cliffs shielded us from the rifle fire, and little bombs were not yet invented. There we were under the cliff two days later. Cliffs. Two days later, we were ordered to ram the sea edge and dig ourselves in. This we did in the night. The next morning at daybreak, wow, the Navy had arrived. Six-inch guns hammering the cliffs from up to make way up, a way up for us. And a day or two later, we went up dug in quite comfortably. We had the Anzacs on our right and the Scots on our left. About 20,000 men. I should say that the point, at this point, that the 25th Cyprus was really a headquarters duty guard, squad, carrying messages to the various commands in the field. This was long before the days of film, of field telegrams, telephones, and wireless. And the messengers were very vital to, to part of the army, and a very dangerous one it was at times. I remember that I once found myself in the middle of a bayonet charge. The nearest man to me was about 15 yards away on my left, and he stumbled and fell. And the Turk soldier came up to him and lifted him to his feet. I don't know what happened after that, but some this is one of the very nicest of my memories of, of the time on Gallipoli. However, a day or two later, I got a piece of shrapnel under my kneecap. 
after the ducking, he lived on that snake for a week. Now, I suppose you were very good to eat. I don't think I could fancy that, do you? Well, it was the same old story again. When we got there, it was all over. It was very nice in the bush, and we were there about two or three months. Went off again, and I travelled again to India. Landed at Bombay, then up the hills to the Deccan, which is an enormous plateau, about 5,000 feet above sea level. A really glorious place to go, called Bangalore. It was heavenly to, to, to us, dried up lads who had seen too much of the sun, and no loving kindness for years. However, we made, it, made the most of our stay there. All too soon we were off again, this time to Baluchistan. I suspect you had never heard of it. Well, it's a very, a very big, stony, bare desert land about half the size of Australia. I don't know why we were sat there unless we wished to show the flag. Anyway, those are the sort of things wars are like to eat. We're no shooting, no one shooting at you. But they show how big India is. It took us 10 or 12 days by train, night and day travelling, to get to the borders of Baluchistan from the middle of India. While we were in Baluchistan, we had to march everywhere along dry river goods. There's no railway, no roads, only donkey tracks. Remember, this was 60 years ago. Now I'm coming to the end of my war saga. When we got back to India, we went into barracks in a place called Lunda, which is in the Punjab, where we stayed till the end of the war, having a fairly peaceful life, except for minor skirmishes in places like Khyber Pass, Afghanistan, and so on, which made a bit of a, an outing for us. Oh, I wonder, they're all India come from shooting, 100, 200, 300, 500,000 yards. But it was a stuff, but the cup was stolen from me while I was in Amritsar. And Amritsar, some riots going on there. I think that Indians are the worst thieves in the world. I've been about it quite a bit, and I'm bet, bet it will be a surprise to my own girls, because I, I've never talked about it before, except of, well, it's really all I could remember, but I'm not impressed, neither was I. India is a very strange place, and most peculiar things happen there, but I hope I can tell you more about them when I'm with you. One disappointment was when we were came back in, in 1919, we passed through the channel at night and never saw the uh, rocket rock. Twice we've been through it and had never seen it. That was Gibraltar I was talking about. That, that, uh, I would love to see that, but I've never seen it. Well, I've been by it, passed it twice.
was uh, I'm coming to the end of my little bit now. Uh, I hope to tell you more when I get out there, if I can manage it. <coughs> I'd like you to think that I haven't forgotten you. There's uh, one little thing I should like you, like you to listen to. It's uh, a piece that Mary will know. Call the floor of the house.